This is the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number 212. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest for you. His name is Nikki Blue, and he is a number one international best-selling author of eight books. He is a speaker, and he uh, is the host of the number one podcast on thought leadership. It's called the Thought Leader Revolution Podcast, correct? Nikki? That's right. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. I know there's a lot more to your bio, so I hope that you'll share more with us as we go on, but that was my brief introduction. So I'm really happy to have you here. Julie, thanks for having me on the show. It's an honor to be here. God bless you. Yeah. God bless you too. So tell me your story. I like to ask everyone their life story and you can start wherever you think it's appropriate. Absolutely. That's a great question. So I'm actually originally an immigrant from the Middle East. I'm a Christian from Iran. And when I was a young boy, 11 years old, the Islamic revolution happened in Iran. And my late father, God rest his soul, he could see the writing on the wall. This was not going to be a great place for him to raise his Christian family. (laughs) Right. So what what he did was he made a plan. And he got us out of Iran, and we eventually settled in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, where I now live. I thank God every day for my father and his foresight. I tell you, Julie, like this man moved the trajectory of our family's legacy. You know what I mean? We moved from tyranny to freedom. And I know these days in the West, in the United States, in Canada, there's a certain segment of the population where it's very popular for them to say things like America, Canada, so oppressive, so racist, so sexist. And I'm like, oh, my God, you don't know what you're talking about. Go to Iran. I mean, just a couple months ago, this beautiful young woman, 22 years old, Massa Amini, was beaten to death by the police for the crime of walking outdoors with her hair uncovered. I mean, think about that. It's insane. I know. In this day. In this day and age. And that's why I think it's important for those of us who value the freedoms that we have to push back against those who falsely accuse us of not being pro-freedom here. And I'm very pro-freedom, pro-free expression and free enterprise. My late father was pro-freedom and pro-free expression and free enterprise. He was an entrepreneur. Dad was the most amazing uplifter of humanity you'd ever met. If he knew you, you were looking for a job, he'd get you a job. Really? He's trying to start a business, he'd help you start a business. If you worked for him and you were looking to buy a car, a house, an apartment, and you didn't have enough money, he'd set you up so you could buy that car, that house, and that apartment. Wow, that's amazing. If, if you're list- It's amazing, right? And you might think, wow, why would he do that? Well, first of all, he was a Christian, and he believed he'd been blessed by God, and it was his duty as a Christian to share those blessings. Secondly, though, He did it because he could. He had the financial wherewithal. He had the money to be able to make it work. And I wanted to be just like him. I wanted to help people. I wanted to uplift people. And so, you know what? Eventually, I became an entrepreneur. And I got into the business of serving entrepreneurs. And 
when I got into business, here's one thing that I saw right away. I came from a business family. I studied business in school. I, I went and I got my master's, right, in international business. And so I know business. I, I, I know about, you know, marketing, sales, culture, hiring, firing, you know, finance, numbers, balance sheet. I know all that. But most of the good people in business that I ran into, a lot of great coaches and consultants and, and other service-driven entrepreneurs, they're good at what they do. They deliver well, but they're not good business people. And they're especially, especially not good at marketing and sales. You know what I mean? In fact, sales terrifies them. They don't want to be seen as pushy, salesy, reeking yeah. of commission breath. Oh my God, Julie, no, 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 they don't want that. And so they don't go after business. They should legitimately be going after, right? And they don't get that business. So that hurts them. But it doesn't just hurt them. It hurts the people they should have gotten the business with because those people don't get a good, caring person to help them. Yeah. And then some charlatan marketer swoops in who doesn't care, gets the business, doesn't deliver, and that good potential client gets hurt. And that lowers the sum total of goodness in the world. You know what I mean? And that's not good. And so me, Nikki Baloo, I look at this and I go, I got to help these people. And I go, what if the word sales seems to be like one of the things that gets in the way of folks? What if we from selling to serving? Julie, no one wants to be sold. You don't want to be sold. I don't want to be sold. Yeah, I like Julie, that. Julie, we love to be served. Mm-hmm. Right? We love to yeah. be served. And so just helping people in our field, Julie, reframe selling to serving. Help them double, triple, quadruple their business. Just that one thing alone. And I was so pleased and thrilled. And it, it, it all comes from my father. My father used to tell me when I was a boy, Nikki, business isn't about money. It's about people. Life isn't about money. It's about people. That person in front of you, that's someone's daughter, someone's wife, someone's sister, someone's brother, someone's father, someone's son. That person is a hero to somebody. They're very important to somebody. And that person has been disappointed by life. Maybe they've even been disappointed by someone just like you who promised them everything and delivered them nothing. So it's my job and your job to remember it's about people, not about money or numbers. And that our attention cannot be on us, needs to be on them. Take the attention off you, put it on them. That is the servant mindset. Mm -hmm. Servant selling, servant leadership. That's the way to win in business and in life. That's story number one and point number one. <laughs> well, tell me, okay, so I believe this. I think servant leadership is a great way to think about anything you're doing, whether it's, you know, for in your home life or on this podcast or, or anywhere, right? So tell me if we're talking to veterinarians, which we are today, who stand in front of people every 15 or 20 minutes and provide a service for money. How can they do better 
with their servant, servant mindset to take that money thought out of it because so much of the pressure that's put on veterinarians right right now in this um, day and age is the the high price of veterinary care, the clients that don't have the money, we don't have a lot of insurance. Like there is a lot of financial stress and it's very hard for veterinarians to feel like they're selling. And so I like what you're saying about if you can think of it as serving, it's better. But how do you make that switch? And how do you look at that money then that has to go with that transaction? Does that make sense? So that's an amazing question. So you have to understand that business is about an exchange of energy, okay? Mm -hmm. You give the energy and love of your service, and in return, your client gives you the energy and love of their money. So that has to happen. There must be a good balance between the two. And in fact, to become successful as a, as a renowned expert, as a thought leader, as a go-to authority in your field, you must, must charge appropriately. You cannot undercharge. Undercharging hurts your client. Let me repeat that. Explain, undercharging yeah. <laughs> hurts your client. Now you might be going, oh my God, what are you talking about? That's impossible. No, I, lo I love that because I was a business owner. So I, I get that. But not everyone does. So explain it. Absolutely. You see, there's something called expectancy bias. Where we expect more from that for which we pay more for mm. okay so um let me demonstrate for you this here is a pen but it's not just any pen it's a mont blanc meisterstuck pen mm. okay this pen is an expensive pen it is beautiful it writes beautifully when I sign my $10,000, $50,000, $100,000 deals, I use this pen. I use this pen to write in my journal. Now, this pen costs me four figures, right? <laughs> now, yep. it does the same job as this as pen. <laughs> this pen is valuable to me one figure. Well, yeah, it has my name on it, though. It has the veterinary life coach. So okay. it, to me, it's so valuable. Maybe it cost you two figures. it was expensive. <laughs> right. right. Two figures. So there's nothing wrong with that pen. But, but I'm not signing no $100,000 deal with that pen. No offense to that pen. Right. I'm right. signing it with this pen. <laughs> and I love this pen. And if you're hiring somebody to work with you, and you're, let's say a client's coming to a veterinarian and their dog is sick and they're worried that their dog's going to die. And this veterinarian checks that dog out and goes, I know what we need to do to save your dog and your dog's going to be better than ever and live 12 more years. Then that client is going to go, wow. Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. And if that veterinarian said, I'm going to charge, now I don't know what the right number is, so correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> $5,000 for the surgery. And there's another yeah, veterinarian yeah, who goes, I'm going to charge you $50 for the surgery. 
Well, which one of those two do you expect really knows what he or she is doing? Right. That's true. That's very true. And you're going to want to pay top dollar to have this top veterinarian deal with your top dog. Mm -hmm. That is the power of it. And if, if you paid less, you probably would expect less. You follow me? I and do. in the world of coaching for folks like you and I, when we charge more, we have more leverage on the client to get them their outcome. Mm. Clients will show up ready to play. Yeah, you to get their money's worth out of it, right? I'll tell you a story. I had a client. He ran a clinic, an acupuncture clinic. Great guy. His clinic was in Manhattan. His name was Chris. Chris made $150,000 a year in his clinic in Manhattan. Good money, but not in Manhattan. Money came in, money went. So he comes to me and he goes, I need to make more money. I said, how much do you want to make? He says, I want to make a million dollars a year. I'm like, oh, okay, that sounds good. Let's take a look at your business. So he was caring man. He led from the heart. He cared more about people, the money, and all that jazz. He had a good message. You know what I mean? So his message wasn't messed up. I'll get into that in a few minutes, why that's important. And he knew his target market. He had only one problem. He massively undercharged. He had people like Robert De Niro who were his clients, and he was charging <laughs> for... Charging him a couple know, hundred bucks. He was charging huh? what... He was charging based on on folks who were like Starbucks baristas coming into his clinic. And I'm like, dude, you got to increase your prices. And he goes, okay. By how much? I think I shocked him a little when a I lot. said 20 <laughs> fold them, 20 fold them. Yeah. <laughs> Relax, calm down. Don't hyperventilate. Why do I need to 20 fold my prices? I can't do that. No one's going to pay it. Blah, 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 The word salad, word salad, word salad. Finally, I persuaded him to sevenfold his prices. Sevenfolding his prices, 20 folded the number of clients that came to work with him. Yeah. Really, why? Why? Well, because people like Robert De Niro would go, hey, come and see my acupuncturist. He's the most expensive in Manhattan. You're going to love him. <laughs> he went from 150000 to 1.2 million in four months. He made over a million dollars in four months from charging appropriately. When you undercharge, you undervalue yourself. When you undervalue yourself, others will undervalue you. They won't do business with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this has been a problem in veterinary medicine for years is out of all the doctor professions, we're the lowest paid. And it's, it's because everything's been undercharged. And I like to offer people and tell me what you think of this, because we have this soft heart, you know, we think that if we charge too much that people won't be able to take care of their pets or they won't get the service they, you know, need. My thought is if we charged more and we got more and got more what we were worth, we could then set aside some charity money or some, you know, relief fund or something for people that really, really were in trouble and really needed help rather than 
you know, either turning people away or just not being able to afford to help anybody. If we don't charge enough, we don't have any money to help anybody along the way. What do you think about that? Like, is there room for charity in business or? Absolutely. From a place of abundance, there's a ton of room for it. Yeah. You know, on airplanes, they say, put the mask on yourself before you put it on anybody else. Because otherwise you'll pass out. You can't help your kids. Right. Your business has to be thriving before you can engage in that sort of behavior. Yeah. It's very important that you charge appropriately because when you, when you value yourself appropriately, you're doing the right thing for the client. You're also doing the right thing for you and your family's dreams. All those are super important. You got to do it. <laughs> yeah. To run a thriving business, right? To run a thriving business. Yeah. So tell me, I know you talk some, uh, I know, I don't want to pull you off, off topic, but this just I came know. to me. I know that you talk about pushing yourself out of your comfort zone or, you know, and, th and that's what we do as coaches a lot. What's your thought on that? What's your theory on that? How do you speak about that to people is getting out of their comfort zone? Because this salesy thing that you're talking about is the, a piece of veterinary medicine that most vets aren't comfortable with. The money and the, and the sales or service now, if we think about it as service. Well, excellent. So as we said at the beginning, people, not money, people, not numbers, mm -hmm. focus on making a difference for a human being. But you got to remember, business is only about three things. Solving problems for people for profit. Nikki Billu's patented seven-figure three-piece solution. <laughs> okay, problems, I'm, writing, people, problems. I'm writing it down. <laughs> you solve acute problems for amazing people for an awesome profit. Okay. P-P-P-A-A-A. That's what yeah. you got to do. That's what you got to do. And you're here to get someone an outcome. As a veterinarian, you're here to get someone an outcome. That outcome is a health outcome for their pet. It's peace of mind for the owner. Yeah. It's Go ahead. Getting Sorry. to spend more time with that pet for the owner. Mm. That's priceless. When you undercharge, you take away the value of the solution from your client. You just do. Now, you shouldn't gouge or overcharge, but you shouldn't undercharge either. You should charge what it's worth. And not feel guilty about it. No, not at all. Not at all. This young man, Chris, made an extra million dollars for his family and helped 20 times as many people be healthy. Now, if you're a veterinarian, wouldn't you like to help 20 times as many pet owners? Yeah, we absolutely would. Right? Mm -hmm. You must. You must do that. And the way to do that is you've got to stand out from the sea of sameness. That's the problem that most service-based entrepreneurs have. Veterinarians, big time. Big time. They sound like every other veterinarian. 
you've got to start standing out. You've got to narrow your niche. Nobody wants to hear about you and what you do. They want to hear about how you help them. You tell someone you're veterinarian, that's nice. That's not great messaging, though. It's much better to say, I specialize in serving the needs of cats, as an example. Right. I'm the cat specialist. Or I'm the German shepherd specialist. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm the parakeet specialist. Or I deal with broken limbs for cats and dogs. Whatever. You narrow your focus. That's how you stand out. And I'll give you another story. Julie, it's a great story I'm about to give you. You ready? <laughs> good. I'm excited. <laughs> so I good. love Me stories. Too. Stories are amazing. <laughs> stories are how we connect as human beings. That's right. So um, here's what happens. This young man was introduced to me several years ago. His name was Dan. He was a personal fitness trainer. A really good dude. Just a good, good dude. Kind of dude you'd want dating your daughter. You know what I mean? That's how good a fellow he was. You tell your daughter, stop dating those idiots. Come go out with this guy. You know what go I mean? Go out with this personal trainer, dude. <laughs> this nice fellow. This good man, you know? And he was good at what he did. Like, he was a good personal trainer. He delivered results and outcomes. But he was a terrible businessman. Terrible. He couldn't market or sell to save his life. He had seven clients. Seven. Oh, my God. He made $1,200 a month, and he lives in Toronto, where I live. Now, Toronto is the New York City of Canada. Yes. That's how expensive it is. $1,200 a month? Forget about it. You're not going to be able to live on that in Toronto. <laughs> so... Danny's introduced to me and he comes and he goes, Hey, um, thank you. Glad to be working with you. I, I want to grow my business. I go, okay, great. Tell me a little bit about your business. So he did. And I said, okay, who do you help? And he's like, Oh, that's easy. I can't help anybody. I'm like what? He said, no, 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 no. He says, really? I can help anybody. I can help them lose weight. I can help them gain muscle. I can help them do competitions. I can help anybody. And I'm like, oh, my God. Anybody with a want the pulse, Danny? He's like, ha, ah, that's funny. I guess so. I'm like, no. Narrow. So he's like, okay, okay, okay. Um, I got it. I got it. My dad's a doctor. I love my dad. I want to work with doctors. They make a lot of money. I'm like, oh, my God, that's your message? Doctors make <laughs> a lot of money? That, no, that's terrible. And he's like, no, 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 I'm going to do it. I'm like, oh, my God. Didn't work for him. So I go, Danny, we got to change your message. It's not working. He goes, okay, 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 okay. Let me think, let me think, let me think, let me think. I got it. I'll narrow some more. I'll work with cardiologists. They make more money than doctors. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, this kid's not getting it. Danny, no. He said, no, I'm doing it. <laughs> Didn't work. And all of a sudden, through luck and serendipity, Danny meets a Paralympian. They start working together. And he really hit it off with this fellow and got him some good results. In fact, this fellow went to competition and won medals. Medals, it was awesome. And then he comes to me, he goes, oh, Nikki, oh my God. I think I finally got it. Oh my God. 
I've been trying to make it about the money, haven't I? I go, yeah, you have. And I should have been making it about the people all along, shouldn't I? I go, yeah, you should have. He said, okay, I want to work with people with missing limbs. I know how to help these people. I do. And I said, Danny, that's a great idea. Go for it. In six weeks, Julie, he signed up 400 new clients. Wow. 400 new clients. That is insane. You can't train he added, people. <laughs> he added not one zero, but two zeros to his annual income. Julie, he went to his monthly income, excuse me. He went from 1200 a month to 100000 a month. A month. How? Well, first of all, he went after a market that other trainers had pretty much abandoned because they said, they're missing a limb. They can't work out. Forget it. Danny knew better. Secondly, his message was no longer you make more money. So that's why I want you. His message was, <laughs> I love you. I'm going to get you fit. I'm going to, you're just as good as an able-bodied person. You're just as strong. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to turn you into a, a warrior beast. And just put yourself in the shoes of a person with a missing limb probably not thrilled that they don't have all their limbs and probably have at least some level of limiting belief about what's possible for them as a result. And Danny's message was, anything's possible. I'm going to prove it to you. You can see why 400 of them just ate that message up, right? Right. Yeah. So I'm trying and to, that's the power of a great, great tight dialed in message. Danny yeah. was in the oasis of differentiation. He was out of the sea of sameness. Well, and that was, that was about his thinking, right? You changed his thinking from focus on, I need to find people with money to, I need to find something I'm passionate about and a group of people that need me. And I think that when you were telling the story, I was like, how can I relate this to veterinarians? And in a lot of ways, that's part of our problem is we're so focused on we have these huge student debts and we need to make more money and we're not getting paid enough and we're working too many hours instead of focusing there, focusing on who are we helping and why and having that really strong passion for why we're doing what we're doing has to increase the money and has to make it easier to charge more, right? Like that's kind of that story related to veterinary terms, you think? Yes, 1,000%, Just being like totally focused on the people and helping them take care of their pets. Take the attention off you, put the mm -hmm. attention on them. Yeah. And, and how does that help you with, how does that help you be a better leader? Like, I know you talk a lot about leadership, if you were a veterinarian and you changed that focus, you, you charged appropriately, you charged for what you did, which is oftentimes what we don't do is we give things away, which we can't do. Then how does that thought process or that change create a better leader in an individual, do you think? So I think it's important for all of us have a strong understanding of why we do what we do. Yeah. There's a brilliant TED talk by Simon Sinek. 
it's 18 minutes long and he yeah. goes deeply into people don't buy what you do they buy why you do what you do mm-hmm. and he showed why people buy apple and steve jobs did a speech at apple before he died an internal speech when they were about to you know relaunch under his leadership and they came out with that think different ad the original one mm-hmm. and he said that marketing is about values people need to know what you stand for you know so the ads narrated by richard Dreyfus, and then there's a version that steve jobs himself narrates and it starts off with here's to the crazy ones the misfits you know the square pegs in the round holes they're not fond of rules and they're not good with the status quo and the moment i heard those words i just sat a little taller I had a surge of energy through my body and I'm like, that's me. That's me. And that's why I bought everything Apple. Now, I'd never had everything Apple. Prior to that, I had a PC. I had a Dell computer. I had non-Apple phones. I just quadrupled the amount of money I spent on those things to buy Apple. Why? (laughs) Was Apple all that much better? No, it's not four times better than these guys. But there's something about Apple that speaks to that core in my soul. You follow what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. if you want people to follow you, you need to speak about why you do what you do. You need your own, here's to the crazy ones, ad, as it were, for your clients. And it can't be all about you. Remember that ad, that Apple ad was not about Apple's products, bits and bytes. It was about Apple's customers. Mm-hmm. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the square pegs and the round holes. Not here's our bits, here's our bytes. You can't be going around talking about you. We're the biggest, we're the best. We've been in business the longest. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. They care about themselves. And in so much as you have something to say from a marketing point of view, you need to be speaking to how you can be relevant to them. Otherwise, you're superfluous. And they're going to shut your message out. And they should shut your message out if that's the case. I love that. Yeah, because I can can really see how we have a tendency to just sell our services and not the feelings. Like I think our business is all about emotion. Like that's really what we're selling is that love of the pet and that, you know, family and that human animal bond. And I think we oftentimes forget that that's where we need to focus our energy. You know, one of the most successful ad campaigns in history was the old AT&T reach out and touch someone ads. You know, yeah. uh, and I'm dating myself, right? Because those I ads remember are it, so. <laughs> but I those ads are yeah. beautiful. They made me cry. The print ads of reach out and touch someone made me cry. Print <laughs> ads. 
You think about that. Reach out and touch someone. And listen, if I were speaking to you and you were saying, hey, I want to grow my coaching practice, right? What would you want to hear from me? Here's E-Circle. Here's how long we've been in business. Here's how many people uh, have been our customers. Here's why we're so great. You don't care about any of that. You're going to, you're going to just, you're going to want me to ask you some questions like, Hey, Julie, how long you been in business? Who do you serve? What's the biggest challenge you have in scaling your, 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 your business, right? What's worked? What hasn't worked? Like those questions, that's, what's going to get you to go, Oh, maybe this guy isn't a selfish prick after all. You know what I mean? Maybe he's maybe he's maybe he's not a charlatan trying to separate me from my money. Maybe he actually gives a good gosh darn, right? Right. And that's really at the end of the day what your clients want to know from you. They need to know that you care. They need to know that you're curious. You got to ask a lot of good questions. They need to know that you're concerned. They need to know that you can provide them with clarity. If you're a veterinarian and someone's pet is being brought to you, you got to give them some clarity on what the problem is and you got to give them some certainty that you can help them. Yeah, I love Good that. Job. Well, and I think too, that all applies to your team because a lot of us in the veterinary world have teams that work under us, either veterinary technicians or assistants or receptionists or whatever, if we're running a hospital. And I think if we focus on them and keeping them healthy and happy, our business is going to be healthier and it kind of is the same, the same thought process, right? We're serving not only the clients, but then also the team. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And you know, um, I ought to introduce you to my lovely better half. She, um, she managed clinics, not veterinary clinics, but she managed, um, dental clinic she was like the chief operating officer for a bunch of dentists and psychologists and folks like that mm -hmm. and she talks a lot about how to get the most out of your team and how to get the most out of your front desk and all those things that <laughs> so are she really can be important. my next guest right <laughs> she can totally be your guest her name's Teresa. Yeah. she'd love you she's she's also a uh you know fireball of blonde energy too so <laughs> you guys will get along all right, um, well, we'll have her. I, I definitely want to have her on the podcast then. So let her know. Sure, sure. I'll connect you with Teresa. <laughs> She'll uh, she she'd love to come on your show. I'm sure of it. Um, but what you got to understand is, if you want to be successful, you need to look at what you do as a business as well as you know your skill or your profession. Mm -hmm. You're a business owner. You're a business owner. That's a good thing. A business owner is a hero or a shiro. It's a person who loves and cares and wants to make a difference in the world. Business is the greatest force for good the world has ever seen. Yeah. Okay. I agree with you. the greatest force for good the world has ever seen. And there are four qualities that you must have if you want to succeed in business. Quality number one is decisiveness. The word decide has as its root the word side, and that's to kill off the alternatives, Right. Like suicide, regicide, patricide, those are all killing. And right. decide is killing off the alternative. Oh. And you've got to decide, right? Secondly, 
you 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 can't be like a a, a hobbyist. You got to be decisive. Secondly, you got to be committed. You can't be thinking, ah, I'm going to give us a try. If it works, great. If it doesn't, I'm out. No, you got to be in it to win it. You got to be willing to be bad before you're good. You got to be willing to be a disaster before you're a master. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thirdly, you got to be coachable. You need coaching and mentoring, and you must be coachable. You got to get help. You can't do it alone. Fourthly, you got to get resourceful. You need to come up with the money to pay for your coaches and to do the other things that you need to do to grow your business. And you need to come up with the time and the energy to do all this. So let me tell you a couple of stories in, in this regard. So okay. around being decisive, Napoleon Hill is the author of the best-selling personal development book of all time, Think and Grow Rich, right? You're familiar with that book, I'm sure? Yes. Um, so when he was a young man, he was actually a newspaper man. He was a journalist. And he was sent by his boss to go interview the richest man in the world at that time, Andrew Carnegie. And so he went to Mr. Carnegie's house and he interviewed him. And Mr. Carnegie and him got along really well. At the end of the interview, Andrew Carnegie said to Napoleon Hill, Mr. Hill, how would you like to spend the weekend at my estate? I know what I would have said if the richest man in the world today said, Nick, yeah, how'd you like to spend the weekend at my estate? I'm free. <laughs> I'll Stay be there. With Elon, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Elon's the man. So would I. Yep, I'd be there. Yeah, 100%, right? Why would you do that? Well, because you have an opportunity to be around somebody that you normally would not get to be around. And you that one day could be worth billions to you. So he said yes. Of course he said yes. And the two of them spent the weekend at Carnegie's estate and had a grand old time. At the end of their time together, Carnegie said, Mr. Hill, I have a proposition for you. How would you like to spend the next 20 years researching and writing a book on my philosophy of success? I will not pay you a stipend, but what I will do is write you letters of introduction to the 500 most successful men and women in these United States. It took Napoleon Hill 31 seconds to say yes, and the rest is history. He did the research, he wrote the book, he became world famous. 20 years later, he came back to see the great man one more time before he passed. And when he got there, the two reminisced for a while, and then Carnegie said, Mr. Hill, I need to tell you that I had a watch with a second hand under the table when I made you that proposition all those years ago, and I'd given you one minute and one minute only to make up your mind. And if you had not made up your mind in a minute, I was going to withdraw the offer. <laughs> you were going to pull the offer? Oh, my God. Why would you do that? And then he said, well, you've been studying my philosophy of success. You tell me. He said, okay, good point, good point, good point. Successful people are decisive people. He said, yes, very good. He said, successful people gather all the facts and quickly make up their minds. Unsuccessful people, hem and haw. I don't know. I need to think about it. I need to consult with my wife, my husband. I need a seance with my dead ancestors before I can give you an answer. And he said, before I met you, I had given the same offer to four of the most eminent educators in these United States. They all said, I'll get back to you. Two did and said, no, two never got back to me. I knew they were the wrong people. You got back to me in under a minute. I knew you were the right person. Wow. And I'm yeah, like, that makes a lot of sense, decisive. doesn't it? You got to be decisive. 
committed. You cannot be one of these folks who's like, I'm, um, eh, I'll just do this for a while, maybe. No, you're in to win. Bada bing, bada boom. Coachable. You got to not do it alone. Don't do anything alone. Hashtag don't do 2023 alone. That's a Nikki Ballou statement. Don't do 2023 alone. I love that. Yeah. And resourceful. Resourceful. The great Tony Robbins said, it doesn't matter what resources you have. It matters how resourceful you are. Mm. I'll tell you a story from my own life. Yeah. Several years ago, I was married. And seemingly out of the blue, my then wife decided she didn't want to be married to me anymore. I was devastated. I was blindsided. Maybe I shouldn't have been, but I was. My business tanked. I ended up a grown man with two children sleeping on my mother's couch for a while. Very embarrassing. I felt embarrassed, ashamed. I felt very low. I went to a conference. A man did a talk that spoke to me. It resonated in my heart and my soul. At the end of his talk, plucked up my courage and I walked up to him and I introduced myself and I told him my story. And after a few moments, I said, I think I need to hire you. And he said, all right. But what you need to know is my minimum fee is $5,000 for five hours of coaching. You need to pay upfront and in full. I give no refunds and I give no guarantees. Well, sleeping on mom's couch i'd made money in months he said i know so i'm going to give you some free coaching i said free coaching goody goody give me give it to me give me free coaching free coaching he said it does not matter not at all how much money you have and i said it doesn't because i thought that's all that mattered you want five thousand dollars from me that i don't have <laughs> And he said, no, what matters is how bad do you want change? Mm. How bad do you want change? You've been sleeping on your mother's couch. You haven't made money in months. You're ashamed. You're embarrassed. How bad do you want change? Give me a couple of days, I said. I made an appointment to go see him. At the time, I was a personal fitness trainer myself. And I'd been in conversations with a few people that were hemming and hawing and hadn't made up their mind. With a lot of urgency, I got on the phone and I said, hey, I got news. You're fat and you need to lose weight and I'm broke and I need money. I'm going to give you the deal of the century, half price. But there's a catch. You got to say yes now and you got to pay me right now. What's it going to be? Two folks said yes. and They paid me $1,000 each. I was elated. Woo. You were making I went over money. to see this fella. I went over to see this fella and I said, here you go. So proud of myself. I'm so pleased. He looks at me and he goes, I said five, not two. And I'm like, oh my God. And I said to him, Bill, his name was Bill. Bill, besides me, how many people have you told this little speech to, this little story that you gave me? He said, over the years, 30 or 40. I'm like, oh, okay. Besides me, how many of them came back with any money? He said, oh, you're the first. <laughs> I'm like, I'm the first. Okay, take my money. 
sign a contract that I'll pay you the rest within a month. And um, he said, okay, we did that. And the rest is history. Within six months, I made a hundred grand. I paid him a day early. I didn't have the resources, but I got resourceful. Yeah. Decisive, committed, coachable, resourceful. I love that. And that applies to everything, right? Everything it we do. It applies to everything. Mm -hmm. Everything. Yeah. That's amazing. Everything. All right. Well, we're getting kind of long, but I want to ask you maybe a couple more things. Um do a quick rundown on a couple of your books so we can at least put that out there. Like, I don't know if you want to sure. talk about your latest one or your first one or which whichever one you think will be interesting for our veterinary. This is Finish Line Thinking. Finish Line it's my first book. This is the second edition of my first book. So there's another edition of this. And this book really is what put me on the map as an author. And it's a fantastic book because it's all about the mindset of a gold medal winning athlete. So I worked with a number of top performers in business, in athletics, and I took all the mindset stuff that they had, I put it into this book and I put it out there for folks. Okay, that's and good. It, it's good, it's short, it's short. You can read this in two trips to the bathroom. <laughs> well, I don't read in the bathroom, but I, I will definitely. I'll definitely read it. There you go. <laughs> I think that's a guy thing. Guys read yeah. in the bathroom. I don't think women do that. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Maybe I they something do. Today. <laughs> I love it. So this book is called The Thought Leader's Journey, A Fable of Life. This is a book that um, is written in the form of a fable, similar to Ogmandino's famous books and to Robin Sharma's famous books. And it is a brilliant book because it shows you how to stand out and create a powerful personal brand for yourself as a thought leader. Yeah. And this book, right now that's important. More important, I should say, because of social media, because a lot of the veterinarians are, you know, trying to get up there on social media to attract more attention to their practices and, so sure. some of that probably applies, huh? Yep. This okay. is the power of connecting, how to activate profitable relationships by serving a network. This is an old school connecting with people type of a book. Mm -hmm. That's one of the co-authored books. And this is my latest book, How to Create a Million Dollar a Year Income. And this is about the mindset and the strategies to create a million dollar a year income. So these are four of my eight books. Awesome. And for your audience, I think they make a lot of sense. Okay, cool. So what did I not ask you? Or what did we not talk about that you think that I should have asked you about or we should have talked about? Well, I want to tell one last story. And this is the power okay. and the importance of having um, the right mentors and the right coaches. Because there's a lot of people out there that are telling people to do things that are based on yesterday's strategies, right? And um, that's not gonna work. You need to be doing things that work today. So I commend you for having a podcast. A lot of people have podcasts out there. Almost no one makes any money from them. 
A lot of people are guests on podcasts. Almost no one makes money from that. I figured out a way to monetize it. Made over six figures each from both guesting and having my own show. That's powerful. That's yeah. the sort of thing you want to be able to teach people to do. People need to be thinking about strategies that work to create opportunities in business for them today. And they need mentors and coaches and peer groups to help them do that. If you ever want to double your income in any given year, triple your investment in personal and professional development. That's from Robin Sharma. And it's a fact. It works. You need to do that. You need to do that. There is no other way. Okay. From my point of view. Yeah. For well, you I agree. Every time I've ever gotten coached and as I get coached each time, it always makes my business and my personal life so much better. That's why, that's why I started doing this. I was like, everybody should have a coach and everybody should know about this. Yeah. <laughs> every veterinarian should be coached by you. Every Absolutely. Yep. Everybody. A thousand percent. I know. A thousand percent. And they should be in peer groups you run for veterinarians. They should they should take advice from you on how to grow their practices, how to make their lives work, thousand yeah. percent. And to me, that is super, 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 super important. And I'll lead off with my I'll, I'll close off, excuse me, with my last story. Okay. So several years ago, there was a woman who was introduced to us another fireball of blonde energy. It's just for whatever reason, those, you, you folks come into my life a lot, you know? Yeah. It's, <laughs> so, it's not real though. See that this part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, same with those two gals, same with those two gals. So there you go. <laughs> so um, this lady had been the country director for Canada for one of the world's largest and oldest personal development firms. She was amazing. She had grown that company. She was great. Um, now she brought on a man to help her run the company whom she thought was very talented. And at first they got along great and they did great things together. Kind of like Steve jobs back in the day when he brought John Scully to help him run Apple. Right. Right. And just like Steve and John, after a while, their visions of the future diverged. And just like Steve Jobs, she was kicked out of her own company. Mm. And you get kicked out of your own company. Yeah, that's she can. <laughs> she was bereft and lost and adrift for 18 solid months before she met us. Wow. She came to us. And as people of faith, we poured into her. We poured into her. We gave her our love. We gave her our caring. We helped her get clear so she would stand out in the sea of sameness and she would be in that oasis of differentiation. She created a powerful coaching niche for herself. And in her first month as a, as a new coach, she did $10,000. In her second month, she did $12,000. In her third month, she did $18,000. And in her fourth month, she did $62,200 as a coach. Nice. Think about that. It's yeah. beautiful. Mm -hmm. Now she's from Ottawa. I'm from Toronto, five hours apart driving distance. My eldest son, he plays soccer. Whereas we like to say the real football, because <laughs> they actually play it with their feet. <laughs> yeah, for real, right? <laughs> for real, right? 
we need to rename American football to something else because it's not. I, I don't think it'll happen. No, Americans are pretty stubborn. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, 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 <laughs> they get yeah. they did get excited hey. about soccer recently, though. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So my boy had a tournament in Ottawa. And she has a son, my son's age. I called her up and I said, we're coming to Ottawa for this tourney. How'd you like to come with your son and watch a game and grab some lunch? Great idea. So we did it. Everybody had a great time. And then we went our separate ways. A few weeks later, we had one of our quarterly branded thought leader immersion workshops. And essentially what that is, is it's a quarterly workshop where we help coaches and consultants basically make a decade's worth of progress in their business in just a few days. And we show them how they can add one to two zeros to their income and be seen as the authority, the thought leader in their space. Spectacular program. And that's the program that she'd been in, right? So we had a bunch of new folks in the room and we were at the section in the program. We came and showed people how they could continue to work with us. So go from just the three-day workshop to an annual long mastermind program that we have and the way i do it is actually pretty darn cool i don't do a lot of talking i actually let my people do the talking so they share their experience and you know the way i do it is really effective because it's coming from a third party not from me so i said who would like to share their experience? Before I could say a word, she leaps on stage. Boom. Me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> How about it? <laughs> and she um, looks around the room and she starts to ball. And I mean ball. She is sniffling, crying. And like any red-blooded man, faced with a crying female, I panic, panic. What did I do wrong? Why is she crying? Oh my God. Get her off the stage. <laughs> but I kept a calm exterior. And then Teresa, my lady comes up, gives her a box of tissues and just, you know, rubs her on the back and shoulder. She just smiles, says, thank you. And she turns to me. You could hear a pin drop in that room. I mean, it was just one of those moments. And she says, Nikki, you didn't know this, but when you and your little son came to visit me and my little son, my little son, in that excited way little boys do, said, Mommy, 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 where are we going to go meet? And I said, Oh, sweetheart, we're going to go meet Nikki Baloo and his son. And then she said, All of a sudden, that sweet little boy, of mine became very quiet and very serious which is unusual for him and he goes oh mommy are we going to meet the man who saved our family <laughs> it's pretty I powerful. look at her and i start to cry and you got to get i'm an old school persian man i don't cry in public you understand yeah. what I'm saying? 
-hmm. Old school Persian man. We don't do that. I cried and cried and we hugged. And then she goes to me, Nikki, you didn't know this, but when I came to see you, bank was about to foreclose on our home. We hadn't paid our mortgage in months. And she said, and I was fighting with my husband every day like cats and dogs. I thought we were going to break up and I was going to lose my precious family. We were fighting about money. Being in E-Circle and you and Teresa literally saved my family. We hugged again. Everybody clapped. She sat down. What did I get from this? Number one is I had no idea she was dealing with this until she told me. And right. you have no idea what your clients are dealing with. Right. You just don't. And I just went home and I asked God, God, I am unworthy of the honor you gave me of being your instrument. But please, if it pleases you, give me the honor of helping the next person like this woman. Yeah. And um, that's what I ask for. That's what I want. I want to help the good people. And there's a postscript to the story. We handed out the registration forms. And our year-long program is a high-ticket program. It's high-ticket. It's not low-ticket. And normally, some people register, some people don't, and some people need some persuasion. <laughs> On that day, that morning, everyone immediately signed up. Yeah. Everyone. 100% registration rate. And I'll tell you another little part of the story. There had been a couple of folks in the room, one man in particular, who had come to me beforehand and said, Nicky, Nicky, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. I'm like, okay, okay. He said, look, I know you've got an upsell coming. I know, I see, I've been around the block. <laughs> I need you to know I'm not buying your upsell. No, 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 I don't want you to be disappointed. Okay, buddy, whatever. <laughs> like he, he was the very first person to turn in this form. And he walked over to me. And there was some energy to the man. You know what I mean? Some he just looked at me with this intensity in his eyes, and he goes, You son of a gun! <laughs> like what the I wasn't gonna say you set that up <laughs> and he said but i guess you're not full of crap and i do need some help with my business and that was another powerful point yeah who knows who disappointed this man before who knows who we'd given money to who hadn't delivered who knows i had no idea mm -hmm. so Remember what my dad said at the beginning of our talk. 
Life is about people, not money. And when you do the right thing for people, somehow the money takes care of itself. Mm -hmm. And that's my wrap-up story. I love it. That's a great story. It couldn't get any better, right? Thank you. Yeah. I think we we forget sometimes that we affect people and sometimes we'll never know it. You're lucky that you got to hear that story. Yeah. 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 Well, I appreciate you being here so much. It's been so much fun. It went by so fast. <laughs> it was yeah. like gone by, but I really appreciate you. I appreciate your stories and I really enjoyed, I enjoyed all of it. It's great. How can people look you up? Tell me where to find you. Well, Nikki Billu, anywhere on social media or Amazon. Um, my podcast is the, is the Thought Leader Revolution. Yes. Anywhere yeah. you listen to your the podcast. Thought Leader Revolution, yep. Revolution. Um, and if you're a, you know, if you're a coach or a consultant or that kind of service-based business owner and your business is stuck right now and you want to get it unstuck, go to my main website, eCircleAcademy.com. I got a bunch of free resources there. And I also offer a complimentary coaching call that I call a success call. And essentially, we'll spend a 45-minute session together taking a deep dive into your business, what's working and what's not working in particular, and what that's costing you. So you can get really, really clear about what it's going to take to get you unstuck. And then you can choose on whether you're ready to get yourself unstuck or not. You know, yeah, that's a great offer. And I highly recommend anybody who is, you know, in the group of folks that we work with and serve to take advantage of this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I appreciate that so much. And I appreciate you spending an hour with me and giving me all of your wisdom. I have a, I have my notes written down. I always take notes. Oh, you're so great. And, and I love that. Yeah. So it was so nice to meet you. And I'm hoping that uh, our paths great will cross you. again. And I'll definitely reach out to you for more of your stories. I love your stories. I'd be thrilled to come back anytime. You're a great host. Perfect. Great. All right. Well, I'll take you up on that. <laughs> I'll reach back Thanks out again and we'll do some more talking about leadership because I love that subject. And get, get Teresa in touch with me, too. <laughs> yeah, I will. Um, you know what? I will make sure I connect you ladies by email. Yeah, perfect. All right. I really appreciate it. We're going to sign off. It was so nice to meet you, Nikki Ballou. And uh, we'll see. Thank we'll talk again um, next week on the podcast. Everyone have a beautiful week. Bye. Bye, Nikki. Bye, Julie. Thanks.